0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series, and now here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. So, have you ever um, been driving down the freeway and uh, going for a while, and then suddenly realize this is your exit? And, and as you take the exit, it, it occurs to you that you have absolutely no recollection of having driven the last twenty miles. That ever happened to anybody else, you know? Or you're driving along on a road, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a, in a stretch of road that doesn't look familiar to you, and you realize you just drove right past your exit, okay? That's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? To get, like, to think that you could have driven for miles and miles and miles and have not paid attention one bit, okay? That's a scary thought. Here's one that's ever even scarier. Have you ever found yourself at a place in life, suddenly wake up and you realize, how did I end up here? you just somehow through the choices that you've made or the way that you've progressed down through your life without paying attention or maybe ignoring the warning signs or not listening to the advice of other people you find yourself at a place in life that you didn't expect to be and now you're stuck we are going through this series called be the church and It's a study through the book of Ephesians, and we're looking at what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what it means to, together, be the church. And one of our core values around here, Vanessa mentioned it earlier, is that we believe we are all people in process, which means that we believe a big part of being the church is being a faith community where people who have made mistakes, who have found themselves stuck, who have made a mess of parts of their life could come and find healing, and forgiveness, and grace, and the chance to change. I think it's a big, big part of what it means to be the church, that we would all understand that we have all made some messes in our life. We have all found ourselves at those places where we felt stuck, and, and maybe that's where you're at this morning. But what we're going to talk about today is how do you get unstuck? How do you make different choices? How do you choose a better path for your life? Because that's the section uh, of Paul's letter that we're going to look at today, and that's the, that's the kind of thing that he's talking about. So if you want to take out your Bibles or use your smartphone or whatever, um, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5. And again, for those of you who haven't been here for the whole series, the, the book of Ephesians is really a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to a church in a city called Ephesus, And in fact, most of our New Testament is exactly that. It is letters to churches. And this letter particularly, Paul is writing to a group, a small group of house churches in Ephesus and telling them what it is like and what it means to be the church. So that's what we're looking at. And the first part of the letter, by the way, is a lot of theology. And then the second half gets really, really practical. So we're in the second half now, the practical side of things. Here's what he says. Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 5, verse 1. I'm 61 years old. Give me a break. All right. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, for such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners in them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give me thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I think the key sentence in this whole section is found in verse 15, where he says, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. I think what Paul is saying in this section is, listen, the key to making better decisions, the key to changing your behavior, the key to setting a better direction for your life is found in this thing called wisdom, specifically godly wisdom. And so today we're going to talk about being wise. And we're going to look at some of these things. And to do that, I'm going to teach you a Greek word today. Okay, so this is your Greek lesson for the year. Um, it's a very simple word. The word is peripateo, not potato, potato. Okay, so I wanted to have you, you know, say it along with me. All right, ready? It's peripateo. One, two, three. Peripateo. Okay, one more time. You are all now Greek scholars. Okay, what that, why that word's so important is it's actually used three times in this section and and it, the the word literally tr- literally translated would be walking around or to walk around perry which is the prefix there same for the prefix of the word like perimeter the, the perimeter around a place, or periscope to be able to look around something, okay, that's peri, that's around. Pateo has to do with walking. But the word has more, um, much more, to, uh, there's much more to the word. Man, 61 just takes a toll on you. Um, it has to do with something much broader concept, and it has to do with this idea of the conduct of your life, your everyday walking around kind of life. And so in some translations, um, it has the the idea of living and live in such a way or walk in such a way. And and, and what it has to do with is is the general conduct and direction of your life, your behavior, your decision making, your attitudes, it's all of that stuff all kind of wrapped up in this idea of the way that you walk around through your life. Okay? So that's the word. And it's found, like I said, three times here in this section. It's found, first of all, in verse two, he talks about walking in the way of love. And then in verse 8, he talks about living and children of light. It's the same word, just translated live in this one. Live as children of light. And then here again in verse 15, be careful how you live or how you conduct your life, not as unwise, but as wise. So what I want to give you today is three questions based on that word used three different times in this section, three questions that you can ask yourself to make better decisions, to make wiser decisions, In fact, it's more than just your decisions. It has to do with your attitudes and your behavior. So in your outline, I use the word behavior, okay? But you could substitute the word decision or attitude for that word behavior in any one of these. So whatever applies to you. But here are the three questions you can ask yourself for making wiser decisions or having wiser behaviors. The first question is this. How will this behavior or this attitude or this decision that I'm about to make, how will it impact the people in my life? You might call this the test of love. This is what Paul wrote. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk, that's our word, peripeteo, in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Now, you probably have not thought that there is much of a connection between love and wisdom, but there is. And one of the, things, one of the points that Paul is making here is that you don't live your life in a vacuum. You live your life connected with a lot of other people. You are connected to a family. You are connected to a a circle of friends. You are connected to uh, 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 co-workers in your job. You are connected in your neighborhood. You are connected in your community. You are connected in a church family. That you are connected to other people. You don't live in a vacuum, which means that every decision that you make, every behavior of yours, every attitude of yours, Affects the people around you. I can tell you this as a pastor from experience. I've seen it over and over and over again. Someone who is caught in an addiction doesn't just hurt them, it hurts their whole family. Someone who is an alcoholic, they're not just messing up their own life, they're affecting the lives of their family, all the people around them. See, it, it carries through. There are repercussions for every poor financial decision. The repercussions, they just continue to ripple on out and influence and impact the people all around them. People who, are, who have bad tempers. People who are habitually gossipers or liars. See, their behavior and their attitude affects all the people around them. You are, you don't live in a vacuum. You are not, so no one can say, you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not bothering anybody else. It's nobody else's business. You're just wrong. It affects the people around you. One of the main themes of this whole letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesian church is that we live in community. We are connected. And he writes about that. That's why he says, I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. Because it affects the people around you. The bad decisions that you make, the bad behaviors, the bad attitudes that you have, the things that hurt you the most, also hurt the people who love you the most. And what Paul is saying is, you want to make wiser choices. Start thinking about the people around you. Pay attention to that. You're connected. The problem is, we rarely think about the people around us. Mostly, who we think about is ourselves. Most of the decisions that we make are really about ourselves. Most of our behaviors, most of our attitudes, all of the things are all about ourselves. See, we're so consumed with ourselves, we don't think about the people around us. We are driven mostly by our desires. We are not, when it comes to our decision-making, when it comes to our attitudes, when it comes to our behaviors, we are not on a search for wisdom. We are on a search for pleasure, happiness. That is the driving influence in our life. And what leads to most of your bad decisions and the places that you found yourself or the regrets that you have to this day are probably driven by your desires, driven by your quest for pleasure and happiness. And that's why Paul goes on. He says, So among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these things are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place. Now, I don't think he's given us an exhaustive list of don'ts. I think what he's giving us is examples of self-indulgent behavior. He's given us examples of, of self-gratification that lead to the regrets and the bad decisions and the bad attitudes and the bad behaviors in our life. He said, as long as you're living for yourself, you're going to keep making those really bad decisions. Now, when he goes on, he says, there is a better way. There is a better way. In fact, he wrote about it actually in the section just before this, in Ephesians chapter four. Listen to some of the things he said. Put off all falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. You're not an island. You're, you're connected to other people. Do not let any, let any, having a hard time today. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. I think as a general rule of thumb, the most loving decision that you make will probably be the wisest. As a general rule of thumb, your behavior that is most loving will more than likely be the wisest behavior. Your attitudes that are most loving will be the wisest attitudes. So this is the first thing, first test, first question to ask yourself is, how will my behavior, how will this decision, how will this attitude affect, or how is it affecting the people in my life? Second question you can ask yourself is, how will this behavior or attitude or decision affect the direction of my own life? Because the next thing he talks about is not only are we connected to other people, and not only are our decisions connected to other people, they are also connected to each other. That one decision always leads to another decision and to another decision. You might call this test the test of light. He goes on, he says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live or walk, peripeteo, as children of light. That your decisions are connected to each other. And one decision that follows the next decision, followed by the next decision, and the next decision leads to a pattern of Behavior. Which leads to a habit. Every bad habit that you have started with one bad decision. Followed up by another bad decision. And another decision. And another. And you developed a pattern of behavior. And it became a habit. And what he's saying is now understand that that pattern and that pathway that you have now established. It leads somewhere. Somewhere. There's a destination to this. There is an outcome to all of this. You continue down this path, it is eventually going to lead you somewhere you don't want to be. People are involved in our recovery ministry here. They will tell you. The way that they got hooked started with one bad decision. Followed by another bad decision. And another. And another. And eventually they found themselves addicted. Found themselves an alcoholic. And the way out of that, start making different decisions. Everyone would probably tell you they got to a point where they decided they were sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the only way to change it was to start making different decisions. And so they decided to start down a path of recovery. See, that's how it works. Your decisions, your behaviors, Your attitudes, they are all connected to each other and they lead somewhere. They lead to a destination. So, what Paul is saying here, in essence, is think about the outcome. If I continue to keep making these kinds of decisions, where is it leading me? If I continue in this behavior, where am I going to end up? See, when you were 16, 17, 18 years old, you didn't think about outcomes. You get to be 61, you start thinking a lot about outcomes. (laughs) Because you realize that life is connected and it always leads somewhere. When I was back, um, when I was a youth pastor back uh, in Oregon, uh, out on the Oregon coast, we did an annual um, whitewater rafting trip every year with the, with the youth group, and um, mostly we went up on the Deschutes River uh, in northern Oregon, um, and, and there was a stretch of, of that river where um, the, the, the higher class rapids were, and there was one section, the, the section we went on was pretty much like a medium class kind of river, but there was one rapid in particular that was a little bit more intense, and it didn't matter, every year, when we got to that stretch of the river, we all, the guide always had us pull out to the side, pull up the rafts up on the shore, and then we would walk down... Further down the river to check out the rapids because every year the boulders would move a little bit, the rocks would move, and what had been a treacherous uh, pass now became an easier one. And the one that had been easier maybe became a little bit more treacherous. And so um, we would always stop at this one particular point in the river, get out and walk down the river. And our, our guide would point out, he says, Okay, when we come through here, we're going to stay to the left over here because see how the water, and it, because it, it's much easier to think about the outcome ahead of time than to end up on the rocks. And what Paul is saying is think about the outcomes. Walk in the way of light. Walk and be able to see where you're going. Think about outcomes. Think about things like character and integrity and values. Because those are the things that are being shaped in those decisions. Those are the things that are being shaped by that behavior. Think about the outcomes. When you were were a kid, did you ever uh, do the connect the dots puzzle? Okay. Anybody else ever do that? Yeah. And, and it was just based a bunch of dots on a page with numbers by them. And, and you didn't know what it was a picture of. But as you started to connect the dots from one number to two to three to four, as you started to connect the dots, a picture started to emerge. Okay. Start connecting the dots in your life. Start connecting the decisions. Start connecting how one behavior leads to another. Start connecting the dots. And what you will see is there is a picture that is going to start to reveal itself about your life. And what Paul says is: listen, what you want, this is the picture that you want to be revealed in your life. The fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. It's talking about character, it's talking about values, it's talking about outcomes. And then as a general rule of thumb, he just adds this. Find out what pleases the Lord. Just, just find out what pleases the Lord. That will be a great guide for this walking in the light, this living in the light idea. And, and if you want it plain and simple, here, here's a really, really just a good, here's a couple of bonus questions, okay, to ask yourself. If I continue in this behavior, and it ever came to light, would I be embarrassed? If if the decision I am about to make, if anybody else found out about it, if that came to light, how would I feel about that? See, that's the test of light. That's what he goes on. He says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. If it's something that you have to do in secret, it is probably not a wise behavior. If it's a decision that you hope nobody else finds out about, it it probably is not a wise choice. You get it? You get the idea there? Just find out what pleases the Lord and make decisions that lead you in that direction. And here's the third question. How will this behavior or this decision Or this attitude, how will it reflect on my heavenly father? Because he goes on, he says, listen, it's not only about your decisions and behavior and attitude being connected to other people. Or even being connected to one another and and establishing a pattern of life. Every decision, every behavior, every attitude has eternal implications. Be very careful then how you live. That's our word, Peripateo, again. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, some of your translations might say because these are difficult times or because these are desperate days. And the idea behind that is he's saying, listen, you have this little lifetime. And and in comparison, it is actually very, very short and, 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 and you live in a culture, you live in a time, and it has just gotten worse since Paul's day. You live in a culture and in a time where people don't think about eternity. They don't think about eternal outcomes. We live in a culture and in a society and in a time where mostly we think about self-gratification. Mostly we think about instant results. And that's, that's what it means to be, live in desperate days or evil days that we live in a culture and in a time where everybody is just thinking about the immediate gratification and we're making our decisions based on how we're going to get immediately satisfied by it. And he says, listen, you have, you have, if you are wise about it, you have the opportunity to bring eternity to bear on this life in this world for the people around you. What it means simply is this. There are people who are looking at your life As a pastor, I can tell you, I am keenly aware, keenly aware that the decisions that I make, the behaviors that I give myself to, people are watching. And what they decide about God or what they understand about God, if they don't know him, is largely going to be influenced by what they see in my own life. Now, I don't think that's just true for pastors, I think that is true for every one of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. And so when I read books like UnChristian or hear surveys about what people think who are outside the church, what they think about the church, and I hear things like they are hypocritical, they are judgmental, they are homophobic, they are on and on the list goes. And I go, where are they getting that picture? They're getting that picture from us. And that's why we said we want to change the way people view the church. But the way that we're going to change the way people view the church is if we let God change us. And we start thinking eternally about our decisions and about our behavior and how they are influencing the people around us. That's why Paul writes, therefore, do not be foolish. Don't be foolish about this. Understand what the Lord's will is that God has entrusted to you and to me this incredible message of truth, this incredible message of grace. And we need to be very, very careful that that message does not get lost in the actions and the behaviors and the attitudes of the messengers. And I think that's what Paul is getting at here that we need to start thinking a little bit more eternally in our decision-making. Not just about the direction of our life here on this earth, but how it's going to influence other people and impact other people for eternity. Because your life matters. My life matters. Not only in this life but for eternity. That's what Paul keeps saying over and over again throughout this letter. That's why he talks about things like being forgiving of one another and, and loving one another and, and compassionate to one another. Because when people see that, see, that's what was so attractive about the first century church. People outside the church looked at the church and say, I may not understand what they believe and I'm not sure I get it all and I'm not even sure I want to believe the way that they do. But man, there is something about that group of people. The way that they love each other, the way that they care for those around them, there is something about them. I don't know what it is and I'm not sure I want to be a part of it, but man, there is something there. That ought to be what people see when they see the church. It's what it ought to be when they look at your life and my life. Because eternity... Is in the balance. So he says, don't be unwise. Don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what pleases the Lord. Did you notice that in every one of these, it all had to do with God. He said, follow God's example in verse 1 and walk in love. Find out what pleases the Lord and walk in light. Understand what the Lord's will is so that you live and walk in wisdom. They, all, the source of all of that is in God, and where you find that is in His Word. In fact, He goes on. He says, "That's why it's so important when we gather together, like we're doing today, every weekend. That's why it's so important to be a part of a church family. It's, it's so part important to be in the church because it's in the church that we learn together. And we can, this is where the church can shine." Because we can be a source of encouragement and hope and strength and support and all of those things that people need to change the direction of their life, to choose a better path for their life. We have the opportunity to do that. And that's why he goes on. He says, so be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. He says, be in worship. In fact, don't just be in worship for an hour. Live a life of worship. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but volume two of our worship album came out today. (laughs) And I got to tell you, there there are times in my life where songs of worship just change everything. When I'm faced with tough decisions or a little bit afraid about the future or or concerned about certain things that are going on, and and I start listening to the song, I am no longer a slave to fear child of God. When I find myself through a difficult time or beating myself up because of my own mistakes, and I listen to the song, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. See, those songs become sources of strength and why, that's why it's so important for us to gather together each week to sing those songs. Paul says that's how you discover. That's your source of strength. It's important that we come together and learn from God's word. It's important that you're in a small group and you're learning and doing life together because it's in that mix, that life of worship, you discover what pleases the Lord. And you discover what his will is for your life. You discover the new direction that you can take because it's all going to be found in the wisdom of God. Does that make sense? That you can make wiser decisions. You can choose a wiser path for your life. And I hope those three questions will help you start making some better decisions. So that you can live wisely. Would you bow your heads with me? Wherever you are. Wherever you might find yourself stuck today whatever mess you may have made out of your life or an area of your life here's the good news there is always hope and not only that there is always grace not just the forgiveness of the mistakes you've made but the power of grace to take a new direction living wisely really amounts to this It's trusting that God's ways really are the best and wisest ways. That the path of love really is the best path to walk on. The path of light is the best path to walk. And you might be here today, and maybe right now you find yourself stuck. Stuck in a bad habit, stuck in a bad relationship, stuck, stuck in something. And you're wondering, is there any way out? Or maybe you've just kind of made a mess of things and you don't know where to go from here. There is a path of wisdom that God has for you. There is forgiveness for what got you here. But there's also the power of His Spirit to get you out of it. So if you're here today and you find yourself stuck or find yourself in a mess, or find yourself in a situation and you don't know how you get, got here but you know you need to get out. I would love the chance to pray for you as we close. And we do this every week. Because it's so important. There's something powerful when we ask the power of God to come to bear on our lives. When we're willing to admit our mistakes and our failures. And we're willing to turn over our controls to him. So if you're here today and that describes you in any way. And you know, you know i got to take some different choices I gotta choose a different path I need to set a new direction for my life and I can't do this on my own God I need your help I need your strength I'm gonna choose the path of wisdom but I'm gonna need you to help me follow through if that describes you in any way and I could pray for you as we close would you do something would you just raise your hand hold it up for a moment when you do actually look up and catch my eye because I wanted you to know I'm gonna pray for you yeah for you you yeah maybe you're here yeah maybe for you it's a first-time decision maybe you find yourself today where you're at because you've been in control of your life and you've never really never really surrendered to Christ you've never really experienced his grace and his forgiveness you never really experienced his wisdom for your life and maybe you already raised a hand or maybe you didn't yet but today it's a first step of faith for you and it's, it's really the same thing. It's, it's this journey. It's this path that we're on. We always kind of come to that point where we admit our faults, admit our mistake, admit our sin, ask for God's forgiveness, and then his strength and power to move in a new direction. And if you've never done that before, and today it's a first-time decision for you, you gonna know, ask the same thing. We just raise your hand, hold it up, and then look up and catch my eye so I can acknowledge you. All right. So whether it's a first time or just a renewal about where you're at right now the prayer is the same it's simply this if you would just make this your prayer God here I am stuck in the mess that I've made of my own life stuck in this place that I didn't want to be in this mess that I can't get out of on my own and here in this moment I am admitting to you I've sinned I've chosen poorly. I've ended up here and I need to get out. And what I am asking right now, Lord, because of your love for me expressed on the cross, that by your grace you would take me just the way that I am, would you forgive me? Would you give me your wisdom, the chance to choose differently and to move in a different direction from my life here on? Because what I'm doing right now is I'm turning over the controls of this life and turning over the controls of this aspect of my life. I'm asking by the, the power of your Holy Spirit that you would not only give me the wisdom to know the right choice, but the power and the strength to make it, to move in a new direction by your grace. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.